Children, your dismissed junior high stays in this morning. We want to share the vision of the Lord. I love that song. We're not going to go back. I can't go back since the presence of the Lord has changed me. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, we thank you for your majesty and all that you're doing in our midst. And that you've spoken to us, O oh God, to break off the lies, to declare the name of Jesus. And that you're going to water and saturate this new season for a new growth in our lives. And we are looking forward to that. Amen and amen. This morning I'm sharing with you our 2020 vision. And I'm excited to do that and to speak into your life some vision, some hope, some destiny and to put a course before you, it's always important to have goals and visions set before you because how many of you know faith is what uh, gets you to the hope that's set in your heart? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so vision is a casting of hope that we're going to walk and we're going to effort our purpose to that hope. And so this morning, uh, we're presenting to you the vision for this year. And our theme for the year is family. As I've been preaching this, as I've been sharing that with you, many of you have confirmed it and have uh, agreed that uh, in the spirit you sense it's definitely this season for family. How many of you know family needs help? The family around the world in the United States, and it is that God wants to restore biblical knowledge to the family that we may grow healthy and strong uh, disciples of Jesus Christ. And so as I share this with you, I want you to know this church is built on a vision. Our vision is that we understand and know what to do in our times. That's what a vision is. A vision says that according to the sons of Issachar, Israel called this small tribe because they understood the times and they knew what they should do. The key to this principle of having vision is understanding the times. How many of you know that this isn't 1950? Right? Some of you are not aware of this. I have to help you. And some of you are in the 60s and you never got out of them. God help you. Uh, 70s, the 80s, the 90s, these are not even the, the 2000s, it's 2020. We're in the 21st century. Each century, each decade, each year has a new dynamic. And how many of you know in these last days, it's progressing quicker and faster? I've talked to young people, I remember, we used to have generation differences between 10 to 15 years. Now, I, I talked to a young person, he said, I don't understand people two years younger than me. <clears throat> it's shifting, shifting and changing so fast because the culture has our mind wrapped in its media that is constantly changing and upgrading and changing and upgrading and upgrading and upgrading. Do you have the new iPhone? No. You need it, someone would say. But here's the thing, understanding the times. There's a dynamic that we must operate in according to the time that we're in to reach that culture. So you have to understand the time you're in. If you don't understand the time you're in, you're going to miss the cues of how to minister. That's the first aspect. The second aspect is knowing what you should do. That's from God. 
Knowing the times is the awareness of your environment. What to do is knowing what God wants done in that season. You getting this? And so as a church, we're not here to come to church and come to a meeting. We are here to discern what God wants me to do in my life now in these times. And so we're to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what a vision is all about. And so our vision as a church is to effectively impact our community, right? Effectively impact our community by making disciples of Christ. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you should have an impact on your community. You should have an impact on your home. You should have an impact on your marriage. You should have an impact on your family. Why? Because you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not just a follower, but that's one who is filled with the spirit of Christ himself. Having Jesus in you should change your environment. And so it's not that we're impacting, we're effectively impacting. That's having vision to know what to do and how to do it. Amen? And as a church, we've been doing that for 29 years. This is our 29th year. And so how are we going to implement this vision? We're going to do it by reaching out, receiving, and raising up. This is a discipling church. So how are we going to reach out? We're going to demonstrate, manifest Jesus in a creative credible and caring way so that when people look at us they want what we have they're asking us for the hope that is within us we're salt and it has saltiness it has a draw and people want that because we're caring we're creative and we're relevant because we've discerned the times and we know what God wants said it's prophetic it's profound You're a prophetic presence of Jesus, the testimony of Jesus, wherever you're at. That's our mission. So as we're reaching out to this world and people are having that impact, they want to come. And so the second aspect is we receive them. We want to receive people into this presence of Christ. We want to receive the presence of Jesus every time we meet. Amen? Now you carry him with you. But there's something when the people gather that he pours out upon And so we want to receive and have an active, receptive presence of Christ in our midst. When we come together, there's two things we do basically to effectively impact and make disciples. We receive the presence of Christ and we hear and sit at his feet. We worship and we study. And that impacts us to go out and reach out to receive more to come in. And then thirdly, we raise people up. We develop people in their giftings, equip individuals so that they'll grow into their full potential of Christ. That's why this church is a discipling church. You're here to come to be discipled. Now that's your commitment to Jesus. It is my commitment to uh, to prepare the words of the Lord and the ministry of the Lord to you, but it's your responsibility to respond to the word of God. I'm not here to serve you. I'm here to serve Jesus. And you're here to follow Christ. So follow me as I follow Christ. This is discipleship. And so the onus is on us to to grow and to learn and to mature. And so we want to raise people up and teach them how to hear the voice of the Lord, how to grow in Jesus Christ, and how to become who Jesus has made them to become. That's the mission. And so what are our values How are we going to do this? What do we value? Number one, discipleship, as I shared with you. 
Raising people up to know the Lord. Continual spiritual growth and maturity. It can't stay stagnant. That's why there's changes that we make. That's why there are classes. That's why there's things and shifts and moves that we're doing. Because we're staying relevant and we're teaching and we're growing. We're not the same church we were two years ago. We're not the same church we were five years ago. Thank God. And I'm praying next year we're not the same. I'm praying that in our discipleship we're growing. And we care about continual growth. Secondly, we honor family as the strongest unit of faith and community. And that's what we're focusing on this year. Your family is your number one ministry. There's nothing more important in your commitment and the covenant you made than to raise a godly family. Whether your children are raised and it's just you and your wife, whether you're single, or whether your marriage fell apart, <coughs> whatever. It is your responsibility to minister to your family. And as you minister your, to your family, your uh, relationships will grow and it will grow this community. The third thing we honor is community. And that is abandoning self-interest for others. That we exalt community, coming together, learning to grow together. You know, it's a lot easier and there's less conflict if you just stay home. How many of you noticed that? <clears throat> the problem with that is you're left to yourself and you're left to your own devices. And boy, the enemy gets in on that, doesn't he? Isolation is a real trick of the enemy. So don't get frustrated because someone else frustrates you. It's all part of the growing of community and learning to share and to grow. We have to teach our children to share, don't we? And it's time for us to learn how to share, share emotions, share our feelings, and grow as a community. Thirdly, if we will individually grow in discipleship, if we will minister to our family, and if we will grow in community, we then can do greater outreach to bring those who are abandoned and lost in this world into a family of Christ. And so outreach is essential as well. That's why we're doing what we're doing. And this needs support as a people. That's why you come to Christ's community and say, this is my church. Because my church values the fact that I am a follower of Jesus and I need to grow. This church values the fact that I need to care for my family and I need help in doing that. And this church appreciates that we come together to learn how to pray for each other, intercede for each other. And by building this faith community, we're more effective to reach the lost and to change this culture for Christ. So I'm all in to reach out, to receive, and to raise up, and to effectively impact our community by making disciples. And a really good measure of that is our history and what we've been doing in the past. In 2010, I put forth a vision of planting three churches in our footprint. Our footprint is from 8 Mile to 16, from Grosbeck to the Lake. That's what we call our community. We're responsible for that community. Ten years ago, I said we're going to affect that community by planting three more churches, three more works of the Lord. So we began Discipleship Institute, a school, a two-year school, one year in the, in the Word, one year in the Spirit, by studying each of those dynamic of the, <coughs> pardon me, the, uh, the Word of God and the Spirit of God, we would grow in discipleship and impact those around us. We've had well over 200 students in DI over the last 10 years. Isn't that awesome from this church? 
and we've had over 60 graduates. And uh, we thank God for that. And uh, in June, we are, we are going to be bringing that vision to a close for the season and uh, see what God has in store for us beyond that. In the meantime, the curriculum that we wrote and we developed, the IFCA, our denomination, has loved it so much that they've now taken it. <coughs> They're using it to raise up pastors in the IFCA. So we praise God for that. After that, we developed PELT, Pastor and Elder Leadership Training. <coughs> that once those who graduated out of DI would, could move into a pastoral or eldership or leadership training. And we took up to, we've had about 10 go through it. And through that, we've developed them and prepared them for church planting, as we had hoped to do. Out of those who have served, we have raised up Radiate Church, that's in Harrison Township, and Radiate Church is in its second year. They've, they are averaging 15 to some 20 people that are coming regularly. They're ministering, and, uh, and we're pleased with that work, and we're going to see what God's going to do with that. Another th work that came out of Christ Community, came out of DI, came out of Pelt, is Greater Things. Uh, uh, Josiah Harris, Lincoln Okaji are, are working with young people from 18 to 27, 28. They're meeting every other week and they're trying to impact their generation, their people, with the gospel. And I thank God for that second work. So we've seen these works planted and we're bringing this work of Pelt and the church plants to a conclusion this year. And we're thanking God for that season that we've had this vision. Now we're praying for a new season and a new vision to impact this footprint in a new dynamic. And we're waiting on God for that. And that's exciting, don't you think? What I'm excited about is that you folks are behind this. How do I know that? What's a good measure? Finance. <coughs> Finance is always a good measure to find out where people's heart is. Jesus said, you want to know where someone's heart is? You know where their treasure is? That's where their heart lies. You know what amazes me this year? Folks, you gave in general giving as offerings $649,076.40. $650,000. In one year for this size church, that is the highest giving of our history in 28 years. Amen? A record-breaking history. That tells me that people feel they're being fed, that they're investing in this work, and that it's valuable to them. Now, in our members' meeting between services, we'll go over all the finance for next year, and you'll see that. You've had a chance to look at it over the last few weeks. What I want to share with you now is our outreach. We uh, are really pleased with our new outreach director, Scott Shell, Scott is doing a tremendous job. He's got so much vision, so much potential, so many ideas, and I thank God for him as he stepped up to the plate to do this work. And they have, yeah, amen. Now this is classic. Where's our outreach director? He's downstairs teaching children. And, and isn't that the way it should be? Isn't that awesome? Don't you appreciate that? Well, they've interviewed well over 30 uh, folks that interviewed for trips this year in our outreach, both local and foreign, and I'd like to present to you the teams. So, for Pakistan, 
one leaving in March. We've got the team, the team captain has an asterisk, Greg Francis, Sue Francis, and Yvonne uh, Capello. And uh, we're going to have them all stand at the end. And then Pakistan, too, leaving in October. Team captain Jim Rop, Jan Rop, Tina Harris, and Janet Brown. So that's a great team. Peacemakers in Detroit, team leader Debbie Schock, Chuck Schock, Mary Physician, and Tana Snyder are going to be at Peacemakers. Voice of the Martyrs in Oklahoma are the Hartman family. And uh, Eddie Hartman's going to be the team leader. And this, again, since family is our theme, this is a breakthrough thing. We've never done this before, but we're sending a family, husband and wife and two children that are going to be going, Dana. And so we praise God for that. <coughs> with Kelly Winters and Bob and Mary Roth. The other teams that we have going to Latin America is Scott and Jody Shell, Trish Orlando, Sheila Smith, Penny Hurt Saunders, Eric Eide, Dolores Totsky, and Renee Spoust, leaving in November. Last of all, from a crest here at C3, Harriet Murph, Diane Hallman, Rosina Schnell, uh, Diane Dennis Hallman, Rosina Schnell, Terry Jacobini, and Kevin Shipley. And these are our outreach teams. Would you all stand up, you outreach folks? Show who it is. Good job. <clears throat> you may be seated. <clears throat> this is another aspect of discipleship. Because these folks are going to learn how to work together as a team. They'll be meeting all summer long being trained on how to take leadership, how to follow leadership. When you're in a foreign land, when you're doing the work of the gospel, you need to follow leadership. You follow the lead of the spirit, you follow the lead of the person in charge so that you may serve those who are in charge in the foreign lands and in the other works. And you disciple and learn and grow in teamwork. It's a powerful thing. Another outreach that we have here at the church that is uh, going to be moving into its fourth year, or is it third year? I think uh, fourth year, is our tent, uh, prayer tent out front of the church where we are ministering locally to people who are just stopping in for prayer and ministry. Some of you have been become members through that work and have come in, and we have many reports and good reports of that. Our prayer tent will go from Memorial Day to Labor Day in daily outreach, and some of you serve on those teams of prayer to do that. One other thing that we want to uh, show you is that we have two full-time missionaries now coming out of Christ Community Church. One is Katrina Kalinowski, who is ministering in the streets of Detroit, and the other is Lauren Riker, who is going to Australia for two more years with YWAM. And so Christ Community wants to support them. We want to encourage them. And uh, so let's give them a hand for giving their lives in missions. Thank God for that. Now, in order to do that, folks, uh, we have uh, got to do something to raise the money to send all those people on trips. And what God has given us traditionally is what's called the bolathon. Yeah, you know it. Some of you are new to the church and you're going, "What bowling?" Uh, the, our last bolathon. We took a sabbatical year last year, but the year before that, our last bolathon raised fifty thousand dollars to get everybody out on the field. We're expecting to do it again. <clears throat> Only one difference, we're speeding it up. It's going to be in March, March 22nd instead of May. Normally we do it in May. We're bringing it all the way up into March. I'll share why in a minute.
But some folks are a little worried about that. How are we going to do this? Well, most of you waited till the last three weeks before uh, May anyway, so just get to work sooner, that's all. But we're really going to push this. We're, we're going to promote it next week. We're going to launch it, and we're expecting everybody to, to participate and to bowl two games of bowling, and you raise pledges, and we get corporate pledges, and we're expecting to raise that kind of finance again. Now, here's the reason <coughs> why we are moving the Bulletin up to March, because of Go 2020. Go 2020 is an outreach that is global, and we are going to be participating in that global outreach. And in May, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, we are going to be um, participating in hitting our streets in our community, the entire church, a Friday night rally, a Saturday training, and Saturday afternoon, we're going out to the streets door-to-door, going out to Gratiot, going through all this neighborhood to have everybody hear the gospel. I've got a video here. I want it to play. I need sound. So pay attention to this. Amen. Yeah, praise God. I hope that you're excited about that. We are going to be involved in it. This is a God thing. In New Orleans last year, I was at a ministry meeting, and I sat with this man, Joe Oden. We, God had connected us, and as we began to talk, I invited him to come to Christ's community in May. In the meantime, only God knew that the International Pentecostal Christian Churches uh, had asked and promoted Joe Oden to become the lead in Go 2020. He is now the lead figure that is organizing the Pentecostal churches in the United States uh, to do Go 2020. And we had invited him to our church in May, May 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. And so our church is one of the lead churches that is going to be part of this, and Joe's going to be with us at the kickoff of Go 2020. Amen? That's exciting. Praise God. So there's a lot of outreach. There's a lot that we're going to do as disciples of Jesus to impact this community. Amen? 
Now, another thing to impact us in-house and minister, I so appreciate the prophetic word that was given this morning because what it is is transformational prayer ministry. The prophecy that came forward was there are so many of you that have lies in you, but my light will come reveal them and bring healing to you. <clears throat> that is transformational prayer ministry. We've been practicing this and using this as pastors and counselors for over 15 years. I was trained in it personally. Uh, years ago, it was called Theophostic Prayer Ministry, and it is a type of ministry based on Psalm 119, the entrance of his word brings light. It's a ministry that's not counseling. It's a ministry of the Holy Spirit that brings revelation to the lies that we believe. The Holy Spirit reveals them and brings healing. Craig Beichelman has trained uh, about 20 folks and intercessors. We have teams ready now. And so this we are launching today that if you would like prayer and uh, transformational prayer ministry that you can sign up. The brochures are in the back here. You sign up, uh, get a brochure, sign your name, put it in there. Pastor Ron Zettel is in charge of the TPM ministry. They will get a hold of you, and you can get the ministry that you need to get free from whatever issues are impacting you. Amen? That's good. And so that's in the in-house where we can bring ministry. Because so often there are certain things within us that are blocking our progress as disciples of Jesus. And Jesus has remedy for that, and we're implementing that through TPM. Amen. I hope you take advantage of that. Now, next big exciting thing that we're doing for the family is we want to introduce to you family ministry at C3, a dynamic shift that uh, we believe is timely and essential, and I'm going to have Pastor Emily and Pastor Greg come and share that. Let me get you a microphone. We got two microphones. You can share. You got your. You don't want to share. There you go. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so if you don't know us, if this is your first time here, um, I'm Pastor Emily. I've been the children's pastor here at Christ Community Church with my husband, Greg. Hi, pastor Greg. Good morning. <laughs> the youth pastor here at Christ Community. And we just want to share with you a little bit about family ministry at Christ Community. Um, just a little bit of a history of um, what has happened here over the past 14, 15 years. Um, when I first started as children's pastor, um, I brought this idea and this philosophy of ministry of D6, coming from Deuteronomy chapter 6, um, that uh, parents are supposed to be the primary faith trainer in their home, that they are to um, teach their children daily about um, the Lord our God, that they are to talk about him when they are driving to school, when they're going to bed at night, that um, they are constantly teaching their children and passing on their faith to their children. Um, and then when Greg started as the youth pastor, we really worked together to synchronize our ministries. We didn't want to see children falling off in these um, transitional years between moving from children's ministry to youth ministry and then youth ministry to becoming adults. And so we wanted to begin training parents in their role as a primary faith trainer. We started our Parent Summit, which was a weekend conference that we did um, where we brought in speakers and we were training parents in that role. 
um, and we started celebrating faith milestones in those transitional years um, and uh, teaching parents and training parents in um, what it means to dedicate their children and preparing them for baptism, preparing them for um, adolescence and graduation. And so this is what we have been um, doing in family ministry uh, over the past decade, um, 15 years. So um, as Pastor Tim was sharing earlier, talking about knowing your times and discerning your times, there's certain things in culture that we have observed changing. And, and so um, some of the things currently happening in culture that, um, that aren't all bad, but they're just cultural changes that we want to stay current with, that we want to talk about our spiritual absentia. So um, parents act as surrogates, hoping that the leaders of the church will disciple their children. And, and it's not just in the church, but we see this, you know, with sports and school. Um, parents uh, aren't throwing the baseball in the backyard with their kids. They're sending them to a professional that can teach them how to how to throw and all the details of that so um we see that also happening in the church that um it's the the responsibility is falling on the church to uh train up the kids and these are national we're not just saying this isn't like hey you guys this is these are national things that we're seeing in the church at large um another one is romanticism this idea of um we just want our kids to be comfortable we want them to be safe we want them to be happy and healthy of course we want those things for our kids but a lot of times that's in direct contrast to what we're teaching them of what true discipleship is true discipleship is not comfortable and and it's not always safe right and it's um so this idea of i want my kids to be comfortable i want them to be safe and just happy goes against what true discipleship means Another thing that we're seeing is a change in hobbyism. So um, things that, that people are involved in, that students are involved in, if you're involved in something like band or sports, the amount of time that that requires is becoming greater and greater. Um, students are relying on scholarships to get to college. And um, so we're seeing more and more of that time being taken up by by hobbies, and we've seen nationwide a 30% reduction in youth ministry on a national level. And a lot of this has to do with secularization, which we just see that in society, we see that in culture, culture that um, the Bible is no longer the foundation of people's beliefs. People don't have a biblical worldview anymore. They're not going to the Bible to teach their children or to have a foundation. And uh, another thing that we're seeing is different family dynamics. Um, we see a lot of single parent families, longer work hours, families and parents that have to work two jobs in order to support the family. Um, a lot of parents are going back to school to continue their education to be able to provide um, better for their family. And because of a lot of those things, we see uh, once every four weeks is now considered regular church attendance. And so all of these things are shifts that we're seeing in the culture and in society. Um, and they've just, they've been happening over these past 10 years. And so what is the church doing 
to reach families in this new culture. Um, and yeah, how do we reach them? So what we've been doing is this has been our current model for ministry, for family ministry in our church. We have children's ministry and youth ministry with a little bit of an overlap. It helps we're married, so <laughs> we work together well. We have that little bit of overlap, um, but not very much. Uh, it's, and this is a model that is very common in many churches. We call them silos. You have children's ministry here, youth ministry here, and adults over there. And there's really not any overlap between the ministries. And so what's happening with this current model, it's not addressing um, the cultural changes, which is really in the family dynamic. Um, we can reach children, we can reach youth, but it's the family dynamic. It's the parents that also need to be um, brought into this model and brought into how we minister to the family as a whole. So... What we've done is, uh, through lots of prayer and seeking the Lord, we've, we've put together a new model of family ministry and tried to um, restructure the way we do things. So we want to expand the reach of children and youth ministry to include parents. And so you see all of these ministries working together and having overlap. Um, dedicated pastoral staff for the family unit at all times we feel is super important. Um, we really want to be able to reach out and go after um, parents who are pulled in so many different directions, who are super busy. We talked about many times working multiple jobs and um, trying to support and provide for their family. And so we really felt like restructuring this, restructuring our roles as uh, children, children's pastor and youth pastor in, in our silos, but to be able to bring this under one umbrella of family ministries and restructure our position to be family pastors, that we bring the parents in under our umbrella and share that responsibility with the other adult pastors we can better uh, reach families and we can reinforce the family unit in our church. And so uh, that's what we're looking at is a new philosophy of ministry. So what that means um, is yes, we are still over children's ministry and youth ministry, but we're going to be working together uh, even closer as family pastors that you're going to see us working together. You're going to see Pastor Greg working in the children's ministry. You're going to see myself working out in the youth ministry more. But you're also going to see us ministering to parents uh, even more than our past model has allowed us to. We want to reach parents and um, work with them. So you're going to see further uh, synchronizing the children, the youth, and the adult ministries. You're going to see family discipleship alongside age-specific discipleship. Again, we're not getting rid of children in youth ministry. You have to meet people where they're at. We have to meet children where they're at. But we're pulling the family along, or pulling parents along and uh, discipling the family as a whole. So you're going to see easier transitions then at those age gaps um, from moving from children's ministry to youth ministry. It's going to be more seamless because they're going to have that consistent pastoral care from birth to adulthood. 
They're not going to jump from Pastor Emily to Pastor Greg. They're going to have Pastor Emily and Pastor Greg from nursery age all the way through high school. Um, and we're going to be actively seeking out parents. Parents are going to hear from us. We're going to be seeking out. We're going to be calling you. We're, we want to meet with you. We want to hear how things are going in your families. We want to be there to support you um, and to help you. And so all of this is um, staying current with the culture, these shifts that we're seeing. And just where families are at now, we want to support the families. We want to strengthen the family unit as a whole. And so, do you want to say this part? I don't know if you can. Uh, sure, I'll say it. Okay. So, um, one of the things in uh, adding to our, our workload and, and um, what we're doing, we want to make sure that everything is being taken care of. So, um, what we talked about and decided on doing is to hire assistants for children's ministry and youth ministry. So it's a part, you know, very, very part-time part, 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 part. position, <laughs> you know, five hours a week. Um, so Nina Harris is, who has been working in the youth ministry for several years, doing an amazing job. Um, she's going to be the youth ministry assistant, and Courtney Craig will be the children's ministry assistant. And those are five hours on top of their volunteer hours that they already serve. Um, but as we expand our role in family ministry, they're going to help carry that load specifically in children and youth ministry. So Pastor, Pastor Tim's going to share a little bit more about what this family ministry looks like. I'm very excited about this because now families, as they come into the church, as you come into the church with children, you now have family pastors that are going to walk with you through your child from nursery all the way through high school. The family pastors will be ministering to you. You're not going to uh, separate your kid out into this closet or that room and then another time phase into that area and, and so forth. Together, you have family pastors that are going to be working with them the entire time. I find that extremely dynamic and very important in these days where the family is really struggling. And we're going to be helping you. You're going to see this is a new philosophy of ministry. It's not a program. It's a culture shift. It is a philosophy of really ministering holistically to the family as family pastors Continued direct pastoral care for children and youth and parents as they are shepherding together the children, youth, and parents as a unit no longer singled out or separated. And it's a holistic approach to discipling the family, training and support for parents in their role as a primary faith trainer. We're engaging parents in the activity of discipling their children and working with them and getting them what they need. We'll be educating the church in their role in family support. So you'll see our family pastors now ministering on Wednesday nights. In February, they'll be out here on Wednesday nights ministering to what is a dynamic family. How do I have and create healthy family relations? You'll, you'll uh, see family pastors teaching and instructing in more classes in that realm. Very excited about it. Now, the family pastors themselves... Um, as we looked at our budget, this, this is not a position where they get a salary increase. 
they are at the same uh, pay scale and so forth, for some of you that were interested in knowing that. And uh, again, it's a shift in philosophy. And so both are going to be actively involved, and I'm super excited about the impact that this is going to have on families. Can you agree with me on that? Amen. Amen. Now, one more new thing for you to grasp hold of, and that is this. We are going to introduce Sunday time changes. We've been praying, we've been seeking the Lord, we've been evaluating, and we're going to change the hours of our services. Oh, listen to the rumble. (laughs) First service will start at 9 o'clock, and it will conclude at 10.15, all right? And so from 9 to 10.15 is first service, then for the fellowship time, it's from 10.15 to 11. And that's the time of our fellowship hour for bagels, uh, coffee, refreshments downstairs so we can get to see each other, meet each other. Second service will start at 11 and finish at 12.15. And so basically that's taking 15 minutes off the first service, 15 minutes from fellowship hour, 15 minutes from second service. What are the benefits of this? Here's the benefits. Basically, number one, it creates a more directed ministry of the word and worship. It is more directed. It is going to be more driven. It is going to be, uh, how can I put it? Uh, I'm expecting the level of maturity in this church to move into the presence of God and into the word of God. I don't need two songs, slow, one, two fast songs, one slow song to get us to finally catch up to decide whether we should worship or not. Right? I'm believing that as a people, we can move right into where we need to in worship, exalting the Lord, move into that intercessory time, move into the prophetic move of God's Spirit. If Jesus wants to preach, he'll preach that day. If not, I'll preach. But I'm preaching in a much more directed uh, approach to where I'm not lingering and laboring, but hitting it and then moving into whether we need an altar call or not and having it punctuated. And uh, for some of you that are thinking, how are we going to do this? Well, I've been doing it the last month. And so some of you have caught on to it. Some of you haven't realized it, but we have been doing this and it is effective. I found it very effective and powerful in its cadence and in its rhythm of the move of God. And how many of you know we've been having some moves of God? Fellowship hour, uh, uh, is, is an extended amount of time that we've had over an hour. And, and it's kind of lingering. And, and so uh, it wasn't working to where second service was coming early to mingle. And so we felt that it just lingered on too long. And then thirdly, volunteerism. Many of you are volunteers and help out. Many of you volunteer through two services. And just to give you an example, our worship teams get here at 7.30 in the morning. They don't leave till 1.00. And so they serve an awfully long time. And so many times we're asking for volunteers and some are like, geez, I can't give that much. Where this is going to be very helpful to families and to volunteers. And so we're excited about it. When are we going to do it? We're going to execute it in March. So we're going to give all of February to announce to everybody, to re- help everybody kind of digest this, to get an idea of it, and through February we'll get you ready, and in March, the first Sunday of March, we'll start our new times. 
and I hope you appreciate that, and I know that you're going to enjoy it. And uh, so we're looking forward to that as well. We've discerned that we believe that this is going to be very effective for our community and our people. Amen? All right, one thing we certainly can't uh, do, and that's uh, overlook a good thank you to our sister Renee. Circle of Friends Ministry was started by Renee Montrell, and uh, she's done an amazing job. She started it, she implemented it, she, she engineered it, and she's been overseeing it for a number of years. And I am very proud of this ministry that we as a church are not only discipling uh, all folks, she's in charge of our, our deaf ministry as well, but that we have opportunity to disciple those who are special needs. Many churches do not do that. So we have a special needs class at the second service and that's going to continue, but Renee is going to take a break. She's stepping down from heading up that ministry. <laughs> She's served on it for many years and uh, serving in first service and in second service. And so she's passing the mantle. And we just want to, again, say thank you, Renee. Everybody. And so uh, Amanda Hamame is going to be taking the reins, and she's going to be leading that, and uh, her assistant, Darren Gravette, is going to be helping her out, and they're going to be taking Circle of Friends and seeing what God is going to do and uh, grow into that ministry, and so we thank God for them. So when you see uh, our sister Amanda or Darren, uh, thank God for them and encourage them. Amen? Yeah. This is our vision. As you can see, it has impact on the family as a whole. As you can see, there is so much that we're going to do. All of it is based on impacting this community by making disciples. Our community is this footprint that we're in. We're believing God is going to show us and show up through us that it's going to have a huge impact on the people around us. We've already begun seeing families coming in, young people coming in. Uh, people from the area are starting to come in on greater measure and greater level. And that's going to take your uh, ability to grow as a disciple to reach the others that are around you, to get to know one another, and to grow as a church. I thank God that this church has a vision and a purpose, don't you? I thank God that we're not just here to entertain you for an hour a week. We're here to grow together. And we're here to do it 24-7 because there's one reason we're together, and that is to lift the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads, and I would ask you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus... Here I am. Send me. Use me. I want to grow. And I want to be filled by your Holy Spirit. I devote my life to Jesus Christ. I care for the people of this church. I care for the lost. 
I am available to be used by God. And I am for God using this work. Amen. Father, I thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. I ask you, God, to pour out upon us, through us, and in us, that we would grow as a people. As we value discipleship, that we would grow into the image of Jesus. And that it would have an immediate impact on our families. That it would minister grace and strength. And through our families, it would impact this community of believers at Christ's community. And in doing that, we will reach the lost in the world. We're committed to that, Jesus, and your work in us. And we thank you for your constant intercession, Jesus. And we give you glory. And everyone said, Amen Amen and Amen. Praise God. Now, as you're dismissed, I need to help you understand what's going to take place. There is no fellowship hour. There's no bagels. Yeah. We'll have intercession for you later. No coffee, in fact. Nothing to drink. What we're asking you to do, members, is that you, if you need to use the restrooms, please do that. But if you'll stay in, our members meeting will start at 1030. Those of you who have children, you need to go get your children and put them in child care for the membership meeting. They're not just going to be in their classroom. You need to get them and put them in the child care facility that uh, you signed up for. And so the rest of you, if you're not a member, feel free to stay. We're having our members meeting in just a few minutes. We'll begin at 1030 where we'll go over the budget for you so that you can understand the finances. So God bless you this morning. Thank you for being here and greet one another in God's love.